Listeners, so glad to have you back for another episode of City of Champions podcast. Today we're switching up the format a little bit. I had the pleasure of being joined by Sam Lofstrand from the Fernie Brewing Company. And Sam and I were also joined by friends of the podcast, Amma Ramich and Don Metz. This episode's a little bit longer than normal, but it was really hard to cut great conversation short. So if you like beer or just drinking in general, let's jump right in. So, Amr, I appreciate you coming today. Honestly, I'm honored to be here. Would you stir up sports? I know we had a good run there, about five episodes. <laughs> was it five? It was five. It was five, yeah. With with Sam's dad advice, and I really appreciate you, you know, bearing the hatchet and extend, like taking my olive branch and, and joining us on the City of Champions. Sam, glad glad to have you back from Calgary. Thank you. How Thank is you. it uh, living down in enemy territory? It's different. Yeah. It, uh, it's a very spread out city and there's far too many people there. So traffic is terrible, but you know, I'm getting used to it. Mm-hmm. Finn seems to be having a good time. So your child. Yes. My yeah. child. This is a new audience. You got to. Sorry. Gotta my child, my two and a half year old. Okay. Hashtag King Finn. Yeah. He King is King Finn. Finn. you today. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this kid is all I see. <laughs> this kid is adorable. What's so, King Finn? What do you have him on? So you have uh, him on social already? No. So, uh, when we actually, when Christine was pregnant, um, coming up to her actually giving birth, we didn't really want to have him on Facebook because like you can steal photos and there's creepers out there and mm-hmm. shit. So Instagram we felt was a smidge safer. Yeah. But I also didn't want to be the weird parent that like creates their child's Instagram. Instagram. Right. Because like I want to keep pictures of them, but I also just want to show you once in a while. I don't yeah. want to give you everything. I unfollow people who post excessive amounts of pictures of their kids totally. and, and or dogs. Yeah. Unless 100%. it's a dog. No, I have no dog. I hate dogs. Um, well, I don't hate them, but I hate living with them. Who are you? How do you sleep I hate living with them. Oh, yeah. I love dogs, and then I want them to go the hell away. Yeah. But whatever. Um, and so, but also, going up to uh, him being born, we didn't tell anyone his name, obviously. Right. But I had to refer to him as something, because I knew what his name was likely going to be. Yeah. So, for the longest time, and I was trying to get it going that we would call him King. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so, then, the running joke between me and my soccer team, all my friends, was... All hail the king, yeah. talking about the king, which then once he was born, people f- learned his name was Finnegan. We're like, well, I still gotta, I gotta call him king. And so then when I was thinking of actual hashtag for him, like way back when, I was like, looks like the name I made up and his real name. So it's King Finn. King Finn, you're ahead of the game. You were thinking about a, a hashtag for your child. Yeah, it turns out that it's also thing. banned in the States. So I'm gonna have to. I saw that. There's a lot of hashtags. Uh, the, the poor band is probably like I know there's baby there's a baby on there when you search this up. Just ignore the baby. We're really concerned about the band here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Sam, Fernie Brewing Company. Fernie yes. Sam, as most people refer to you. Actually, yeah. I I thought you were a local Sam for the longest time. I didn't even know you were Fernie Sam. I was for I'm always been Fernie Sam. So you brought us some beers to sample. I brought you some beers. Shout out to Fernie, actually, Fernie Brewing. FBC. Yeah, sponsored FBC. for this event. Uh, I, I said I wouldn't go corporate and take corporate money, but free beer is, is okay. And we have absolutely zero dollars to give you, so that's there you okay. Go. <laughs> okay, so what have you brought us today? I brought you some treats, uh, some new stuff, some old stuff, some favorites. Um, first one I hear is the Grizz Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the founding beer of our of our brewery. That's where it started? That's so where give, it started. Give us a backstory on Fernie. Uh, well, first of all, the gri- the name of the, the Grizz comes from the mountain. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever been to actual mountain itself and ski or snowboard or whatever it is, the Grizz is one of the mountains in Fernie. It's the main mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, the Grizz was our first beer. Uh, back in 2003, Murray and his dad, Murray Pask, uh, went to Calgary, worked in Calgary, and fell in love with craft beer. Could not literally go back to town and find craft beer. Like right. They wouldn't order it in. So one day he was like, screw it, let's just buy a brewery. 
and literally like it's exactly like you hear about it when you hear the old days like dogfish head and stuff where they bought a brewery threw it in a small shed and started out with one tank one fermenter and got right. went and gone Right. That's how we started. What year is this? Two thousand and three. Oh, okay. We're fifty. So it's not old. like fifty years ago. No, 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 no. <laughs> we bought a we bought a brew a brew house out of the states, um, a copper copper brew house that was super cool looking. Yeah. Um, it worked well, wasn't perfect, but uh, it got us where we were, and we brewed the Grizz and the Grizz only for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the cool stories that I heard about about the brewery is when Murray first started, we'd brew beer. You say we, like you and Murray, like you you guys are well, buds. I, well, like, how long have you been with the company? I've been with the company uh, three years. So you adopted the history. Yes. Okay, that's fine. It's my, it's my history. Yeah, now. okay. It's my history. The people's history. And uh, Murray, we used to, they, so we had, a, we had a brewer that would come down every couple of weeks, brew a few batches, and then head back to Edmonton and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But then you have beer has to ferment for 20 days or 20 plus, whatever it is. And so he would wait, there, wait for it to ferment, put it in the bright tank, and then would literally hand bottle it. For a 13-hour day. Because yeah. they were individually bottled at the time. Wow. Yeah. So okay. he'd hand bottle for a whole day. Yeah. Labor of love. And he'd kill the whole tank. That's yeah. what his whole goal was that one day, just to just to bottle everything. Yeah. Then once it was bottled, he'd just load up his truck, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't come home until the truck was empty. Okay. Yeah. And that's how they slaved away. And then money that we got from selling the brewery, put back in the brewery. Yeah. And slowly we went from one tank to two tanks. Wow. To two tanks to three tanks. He straight up hustled and bootstrapped That's the business. it. And it was That's originally amazing. like he wanted to kind of sell beer to the Kootenays, to his buddies, and realistically go into the bars in town and, and drink his beer. Like, mm-hmm. have a beer for the town. Have a beer that kind of people could, you know, be part of. And right. lived in the town or visited the town that have something to think of. Yeah. But at the end of the day, just make some beer and have fun and hopefully make money. So then at what point did he think we need to expand here because I mean, everyone's been you know everyone's drank what they like but that only goes for a certain amount of time and then you just get sick of it and totally and yeah but 2008 we moved from the from the original barn which was on their it's their their family like barn it's mm-hmm. their farm yeah uh we moved from the barn to uh what was basically a cabin mm-hmm. um it's on the main strip so if you've ever driven through fernie probably yeah it's right on the highway it's literally right as you enter Fernie. You okay. see the Welcome to Fernie sign, yeah. then you see us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a glorified cabin to start because, again, our brewery didn't live in town. Mm-hmm. So we'd come down. He'd live in the brewery upstairs. All the offices were downstairs, a little bit of a tasting room, and he'd brew. And then every year as we got more money, made more beers, more styles, money's just invested back in the brewery yeah. to make other expansions of the building, expansions yeah. of the amount of tanks we have. The biggest, like kind of leap and hurdle to get for a lot of breweries is tank farms right you need to have tanks to make more beer because if you can't make more beer and store it you're not going to be able to sell anymore and it's prohibitively expensive or yeah big yeah. tanks tanks are expensive yeah plus two they take up a lot of room right so we had to so you have to expand your building at the same time mm-hmm. but you're also managing because you don't want to buy 30 tanks when you can only fill two to sell yeah you want to buy them as you're doing it so it's a constant kind of you're always either checks and balance. You're yeah. always balancing out. You're right? always expanding, like one more tank, one more fermenter. Yeah. Then you're expanding the size of the brewery. Then you're doing one more tank, one more fermenter, and a canning line. Right. And then a little bit more shipping area. Right. This year we went through a big expansion and added a ton of room to our uh, tasting room. Yeah. Added another uh, silo, so now we have a grain silo. Sorry, a two row malt silo, and we have a pilsen silo. Yeah. Which will free up a lot of room for malts inside. So. Well, it's obvious you guys have expanded because every time I go to a liquor store, I get see like the one-off bottles, yep. the, the 650 mils yep. or whatever, and there's like 25 for any ones. We have, At least it seems like that. You guys have good shelf positioning. Thank you. You know what? And shout out to uh, to Sandy up here in, in Edmonton yeah. for uh, for doing that. He's the one. He's he's slugging out, pounding pavement right now. Up Breaking in. other competitors' bottles. Exactly. <laughs> just throwing Sorry, them Sorry, some more fell in the back. Uh, that's, that's the Fernie way. Just. Yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, but yeah, no. Tear all the other buildings down. So you're the only one in that's right in, in town. It's a tire fire. Okay. Um, so chronology. So we started with the Grizz, and yeah. then what's next? What's next? Uh, we call it the unofficial house bear of Alberta. It's okay. our it's our our it's our bread and butter. What Actually, the huck. It's what the huck. Yeah. What the huck. Last year what we what found what? out that it was the number three selling craft keg in Alberta last year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's behind popular. what. Uh, behind Phillips Blue Buck and I believe that Electric Unicorn. That stuff's garbage. You guys are way better than that. There we go. Thanks. Sorry, I appreciate if it. Blue Buck. If you want to sponsor this podcast, you can. <laughs> Just pay me money. Yeah. What the huck? It's uh, it's a really good take on our original our original Blondale called Buck Wild. Okay. And huckleberries grow wild within the Fernie and Kootenays area. Mm-hmm. Huckleberries are a really neat berry. They're they're not super sweet. They're not tart. They're they're kind of a mix of all the berries together. Just right. excellent. Now correct me if I'm wrong. This might be a myth um, or gossip, but. You actually chose your child's name based off Huckleberries, Huckleberry Finn. Is that correct? Incorrect. Okay. Ooh, Close, but incorrect. That's Close. Good one, so. No, that would have been good. Hey? Yeah, that would have been. I good. feel like I would have had a lifetime job then. Yeah. I can't get fired if I do that. Huckleberry Finn, and I named my child after your beard. Damn it. Yeah. Actually, uh, one of the guys that I work with down in Calgary, Curtis, his dog is named the Grizz after the beard. <laughs> that's classic. Is, yeah. Has the dog ever drank the beer? You know what? I think so. We don't advocate that, but no. it happens. All right. What's next? Next. A couple years ago, a trend within beer was IPAs were blowing up, but people wanted to drink five or six of them mm-hmm. rather than one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, with IPAs, traditionally, a standard IPA being six and a half, seven percent, you know, higher alcohol, uh, the the style of session IPAs came out. Mm-hmm. A session IPA literally is a kind word rather than saying light. Yeah. When you hear light beer, you instantly think some of the lesser water. beers and water and just beers with like, perhaps less flavor. Yeah. Uh, so session was the, the 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 word they chose, but yeah, it's a session IPA, so four and a half percent. We chose to go kind of in the mid ground as far as the amount of hops in it. With someone who isn't a hop fan, yeah, a session IPA, our session IPA would be a good kind of step in between. Because yeah. if you go from no hops to lots of hops, it's abrupt. Yeah, it's you jarring. Have, yeah, let's pull the rest of the cans and bottles up, and then we'll talk about them one and one as we try. Deal. Let's do them. Let's and do just it. Just a question. Are we going from like lightest to darkest here? For- uh, this will pretty much be lightest to darkest. We've got a little reprieve here in the middle of just straight IPAs and pale ales. Um, but no, you'll you're gonna like it's gonna be kind of neat because they're all different amounts of IBUs. They're all different hops. Okay. And you'll be you able to. Do the So we start with the Grizz. All right. The classic. Are we just gonna reuse the same cups? I got a few extra. Oh, you cups got here. new ones? Okay, perfect. Ruin the taste. So, a lot of the beers that you drink right now, pale ales and whatnot, are. West Coast style, so tropical citrus. Yeah, we have one like that um, coming, but this is our uh, original. You get one? Oh yeah, Ethan. Give oh, yeah. okay. one to Ethan. He's got to have one. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard work behind the cameras. This is more of a, this is more of an English style pale ale, so the hops are gonna be dry and bitter. Yeah. This is gonna be the style more that if you're not a hop fan. This which is you, which you know I'm not. No, I know. Um, which is why I bought lots of them. Right. Um, this is gonna be more the style that's like what people don't like because it's more on the bitter side. Uh, English pale ales are often dry. Yeah. Um, obviously, hops are added to beers just to just to prolong lifestyle. Right. Life, lifespan to ship beer. them across the ocean. That's 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 the fable. Yeah. Okay. So what are we gonna taste well, here? Cheers, guys. Well, cheers. Come on, man. Cheers. Cheers to beers. Ethan. To oh, Ethan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheers. You're good. Okay. It's a little bitter. Yeah, a little toasty, a little bitter. Yeah. But it's manageable. Yeah. It's manageable. What it, what's the IBU on this? 30. 30. Yeah, so pretty minimal. Nothing wild, but mm-hmm. uh, what you get is some dryness, a little bit of that grassy flavor. I always consider the, these kind of hops, like English hops, more grassy and more like earthy flavors mm-hmm. versus kind of West Coast hops, which are tropical, citrusy, piney, things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, just a nice mellow beer. It's 5%. 
designed to be crushed all the time pale ales were <laughs> crushed all the time yeah like you know what i mean like it's not a beer that you're gonna sit there and sip one of a yeah. pale ale is one that was designed to literally be sessionable and drinkable right so what was i gonna ask you i wanted to ask pale ales some are some are bitter like this and what do you call the ones that aren't bitter those are the english style well it depends like there's whole well there's red ales there's brown ales right there's it depends which kind of style. There's also wit beers that aren't going to be that bitter, yeah. but some can be. It so depends. the red ales and the brown ales, that's more my speed. Dark ales, you like a little bit of a lager too, yeah. which is the more Lager's malty. fine. Lager's you're like just, on a hot day. You're more on the on the malt side of the of the beer spectrum versus, right. versus hops, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So when you start people off with, say someone who's never drank beer before, would you start them off with the Grizz? Probably you not. You probably, if you're doing maybe. something, like the Hawk, which we're going to do next, yeah. uh, would probably be more of an entry-level beer. Um, generally, honestly, if you're getting someone who's never had a beer before, Let's give them a small, minimal lager. Nothing yeah. crazy, nothing wild, nothing scary. Mm-hmm. More or less yellow bubbles. <laughs> and my okay. mom loved What the Hawk, too. I remember you, Shane. Yeah, so that's right. That one with some OJ. Hey. Really Boys. How are we doing? Mr. Matt. second shift. What's going on? Don Metz. <laughs> Don Metz? Ethan. Ethan, what's your last name? Johnson. Ethan Johnson. Come join us. Here? We're just oh, testing yeah. some beers here. Gentlemen, this is Ammer. How are you, Don? Ethan Johnson. Yeah. And you are? Ammer. Ammer? Yes. What nationality is that? I'm from Bosnia. So Bosnia? Oh, yeah. cool. What's yeah. your last name? Ramek. Bo- uh, Rammer? Remek. Remek? Yes. Is your last name? Yes. And Hammer. your first name? Hammer. Hammer. Like Hammer no H. Hammer. <laughs> Sandlaw, friend. Sandlaw, that's easy. <laughs> How you doing? Good. <laughs> Grab a seat. Pull up. Um, we're, we're tasting just, some beers here. Kinda... Don Metz. How you doing? Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Gotta get that in there. Glad you took some time out of your busy schedule to uh, come sample some beers with us. Yeah, this is kind of unique. We had a busy day, and to sample beers at the end of the day is interesting. Never I'm not a day. I'm not a big IPA guy. That's okay. But, That's but okay. I will say, what my favorite? Can I say what my favorite beers are? We can get to that yeah. kind of looks like, tastes like. Sure. That's um, I like Stella. Okay, we don't have and, that. And, and I like Stella in a non-Stella glass because we're sponsored by Molson, so I'm not allowed to drink Stella <laughs> in public. You like Pilsner? I like, uh, I like Canadian. I like Canadian. I like uh, Banquet. I like Coors Banquet. You like light, crushable. Yeah, yeah. I like... Mellow flavored. Uh, yeah. You got any of those? I like... No, not uh, here. I do have some, but not here. Right. I, I'm okay with Coakley, <laughs> but I'm, those are kind of my go-to beers, yeah. you know? And I like them... I like... Beer out of a can versus a bottle sometimes. You're rare. A lot of people really? like bottles. Why is that? Can's um, a better product. What? Can, can. can is always a better product. So when people talk about how, like this is an issue we deal with all the time, only in Alberta. Yeah. But when people talk about how cans taste tinny and stuff, they're just dumb now. Mm-hmm. Because the way we line, clean, and sanitize cans is so immaculate now, they can't, there's no tin taste. Unless yeah. that can has been sitting in a, in a cellar for 20 years, mm-hmm. you're not going to taste that. Cans are better because... In a bottle, is the, the seal on the cap is going to be as airtight as it can, possibly maybe a smidge less because it can get knocked a bit more often. Um, but essentially, if everything is the same, bottles let light in. Right. Light exactly. affects beer. Right. Cans don't. So at the very base of assuming everything is, is identical, mm-hmm. all our you know, things are consistent, yeah. the biggest change is light. But light. If, if you have your bottle sitting on a shelf somewhere where they're collecting light if for, it's a, for that long a period of time anyway, you're not doing uh, it right. it's not. It's not as much time as you think. Really? Like, it depends, right? Like, most people will keep a beer where? 
in the fridge downstairs, lights off. Yeah. Uh, maybe in the cellar, just on the ground, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's never going to happen. You can pick a bottle. You can. Pick you used to have it just in the back seat of the car. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Right there. I prefer just to do it in a in a in a Camelback. Yeah. So while I'm driving, it looks right, like I'm yeah. hydrating. Right. Of course. <laughs> but no one likes drinking out of a can. You like actually drink it out yeah, of a can. Absolutely. Well, I have no issue. So how did you how do you feel about the new? Uh, free what do you call them the free flow cans oh the pull tops oh, yeah the, the Canadian ones where, they, HD, right? but, but where you pop pop the air bubble so oh you get yeah the free so that flow. was silly that one was weird because, I, because it, I like stopped, that more. it stopped people because it didn't know, there's no like the air doesn't have to get back in because yeah. the air is getting in somewhere else I thought the silly one was uh, when you saw the full pop have you yeah. seen those guys yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull, like the AGD one yeah. yeah that one to me honestly was just a mess mm-hmm. because the nice thing about a can is that you're not going to make that much mess if it falls right whereas when there's no top on it See, the cans, so I, like, really the cans I like are drop. this versus this. Because See. this is a small can that has taste from top to bottom. I don't want to drink all that beer at once. I like to have maybe two of these, have this, stop, have another one. But now I have to, by the time I want to finish this off, this is already maybe have the last third of it has a different taste, unless you're gulping it all. Sure. Right? Um, and then I, I find that the other ones where you have the, like the Molson product where you have the can that has the twist on it, I don't like that too much because it, it, it's an awkward. Now that's a tinny taste because now the, the yeah. tin is right around your mouth versus this. I like this because... Um, and not with the extra air hole or anything, because you can actually take two, two, three gulps, and I can down a can of beer if I'm dying of thirst in like three gulps and still have the full taste to it. Yeah. Um, to me, that's this is my second favorite way to drink beer. My first favorite way to drink beer is um, uh, draft. Yeah. And draft is off the right if you have the right. Um, um, system the execution system with the right lines and everything it can be like in most small pubs it's great where it used to be bad at rexall at northland because they're long they're long yeah. lines and they they and we call sits. we call it lsd beer because they they clean the lines with bleach or whatever and two drafts at a hockey game you're done yeah, yeah. versus yeah versus uh you know I, I like a cold draft beer yeah and with the beers you're drinking like lighter lagers the colder it is the more drinkable and palatable and tasty is going to be with a with a well-brewed ale or something like that the the issues you have where when it gets a bit warm it's not as drinkable is actually gone i've actually had not just our beer but other great especially craft brewers in alberta here like i've had great beers where they're going on room temperature i've had one that's been sitting in my car all day and i was like i just gotta have a beer right now mm-hmm. we're sitting outside hanging out and it's not been cold at all and it's fine the flavor is still there the problem is is when you have a lighter lager um Sometimes some of the ones that you enjoy were will get a bit skunky, a bit like, yeah, just not flavorful. I just had a beer. I had one beer just as I left work today. I was just finishing off an email. I was in my office and I just felt like just like big that. keyboard. I, huh? Never mind. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just I just I wanted just a beer and I had it room temperature Canadian small can and it was perfect. But I've also had that same. Uh, experience where I've taken that Canadian beer and it's skunky mm-hmm. because it's maybe been in that position for too long. Yeah. So now, with that being said, let's try what we've got in front of us. Like so that. this is the what. So this the is uh, yeah, this is kind of one of our more flagship beers. Like we're known for this all around Alberta. It's a Blondale with huckleberry juice in it. We wanted to stay away from being super fruity. Mm-hmm. If you try a lot of the juice and fruity beers out there, there's a lot of fruit in them. Mm-hmm. Ours is less than one percent of actual volume is juice. Okay. It's just squeezed huckleberries. Nothing wild. We don't see a point of complicating it. Just make 
take good berries and squish them. So you squeeze them, get the juice, and then you just, at what point do you introduce it's that into the brewing Post-fermentation. So okay. the beer's been fermented, and then literally, like, for every 100 liters we do, there's yeah. less than a liter of really? huckleberry juice. Yeah. So it's just a, a tinge. Honestly, it's there to be, because when you drink the beer, you should get Blondale first. Yeah. It should be nice, a little bit citrusy, a little bit light and fruity, similar to, like, a grasshopper or a village blonde or something like that. Um, and then in the background, you should get some huckleberry juice, some huckleberry flavor. Honestly, it's like, it's like adding a personality to the beer a yeah. bit more. Just a little bit of a zing at the That's end. That's this one here? That's right. Let's see what it tastes like on the can. I like this guy. I knew you would. See, that's better. And even from that. draft, it's really good, too. This I is like a, the draft. This is a yeah. I, I like that this out of the can. That cold on draft is amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's this, what we have a local a, right That's now. a good one out of the can. Can we yeah. just can we just snap that yeah. as the whole promo for this? Yeah. That, <laughs> that cold, I like. That cold on draft. And then here they have that I like. That I like. Good. Excellent. Let's keep going. Okay, what's next? All right. So this is one. You're not going to like this as much, but uh, you know what? You're going to try it anyways. Ethan, do you want one of the hot cold? Oh, yeah. I'll have one. Yeah. Um, Listen, we've got you can't get shot. him drunk behind the camera because it'll be all over the place. Oh, yeah. So this is one of the beers we started introducing ourselves to, uh, introducing our, our customers to the uh the you're, you're, the, you're passing them out oh i'm passing them out okay yeah. uh just more west coast style pops okay. so sorry how do you guys fit into this together like they're not so okay let me give you a background so sam and i used to work at local together sam i knew him as local sam unbeknownst to me he was actually fernie sam because he's worked for fernie brewing for three years as a rep slash other various positions i suppose um ammer and i started stir up sports podcast Hammer's idea, his brainchild. We did five episodes together. We had creative differences where Hammer wanted to do a sports talk show and I wanted to focus more on arts, business, and, and sports in Edmonton. So we went our creative separate ways. I extended the olive branch to have Hammer come join me on City of Champions and kind of, you know, bury the hatchet. Where are you from? How so? Like, like where do you live now? I live in Edmonton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What line of work are you in? Uh, I'm in school right now. I'm in my fourth year at the U of A for human resources. Oh, good. So, yeah. Yeah. He's going to be a stud one day. He's a smart kid. Right, we'll see. If you can't tell what about those glasses. glasses, come on. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. That gives it away. Yeah. Smart okay, well, I got it now. Yeah. yeah. So we work together at local. And then so we, you're the commonality between the two, not the two. I'm the commonality. But then, I, but then we've hung out now since. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Sam went into local one time when I wasn't there, and they became friends. Yeah. I didn't hold a grudge against that. That was fine by me. I, didn't I think actually time slowed down. Yeah. Our hearts started to be, be in sync. Yeah, that happens usually with Sam. You <laughs> <laughs> experience it. like the first time you hear the Beatles, right? Oh, that's, that's, that's like the nicest thing you've ever said about me. <laughs> Clearly haven't seen... First uh, time you've heard the Beatles. Yeah, that's like uh, you haven't seen... Uh, super bad, obviously. So I have like a bunch of times. Okay. All right. So what do we got going? All right. This, 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 this is our session IPA. So we yeah, our first kind of jump. Actually, not our first, but one well, of I'm our sorry, biggest jumps. When you have when you're tasting wine, you should be like. Correct me if I'm wrong here. You, you should have. Um, you you got to turn that off if you're on my podcast. I d- I thought I did. All right. I'll take it. As far as tasting goes, I know that's where you're going. Um, as far as beer goes, <coughs> give it a sniff. Bread. You can give it this, yeah. Whether it's bready, you can taste some yeast in there usually. Um, when it but comes when you're tasting wine, you have bread to clean your palate, right? Yeah, you could have some water. You could eat, you could drink some coffee. Coffee's a good just. We're not fancy here, though. Yeah, at the end of the day, we're moving in a progression here. You should be able to taste the differences. Um, 
These ones here will be really neat because they're really cool and similar while being so polar opposite of each other as far as which hops are being used. Right. But really cool. And then the last one's so different. That was incredibly confusing, so I'm excited to get there. Yeah, it's they're all West Coast hops. But mm-hmm. what I was going to get to is that the West Coast has great soil mm-hmm. and they grow really cool hops. And okay. people are starting to bring out new variations of hops and new strands and new, and new shoots of them. Um, so this is a session. Yes. It's Galaxy Hop, Citra Hop, and Mosaic. So really classic now. West They're considered classic West Coast hops now because yeah. they're the older versions, but tropical, citrus, and pine. Right. And yeah, 50 IBUs, so it's nothing crazy, but yeah. 4.5%. The idea what does that is, mean? Pardon my ignorance. What is 50 IBUs? IBUs is the International Bitterness Units. So the International Bitterness Unit is a way of testing how many alpha acids are dissolved within the beer. How many what? Alpha acids. When you drop it, so when you pardon my ignorance, what is an alpha? Let's acid? go. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get there. So when you drop hops into a beer, it's like a tea leaf, and when you, when you, when you uh, dab a, a tea bag, it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger until it gets right. to the level you want. Okay. Pull it out. What's happening is with the hops, they're going into into the bit into the boil. The boil will either be at the start of the hop. The hops will either go in the start of the boil or the end. The longer they're in the boil, the more they boil. So it means the more they cook, okay. the more alpha, alpha acids and bittering acids are in there. The later alpha they're in. Alpha acids? Alpha okay. acids, yeah. And then later on, um, they're more aromatic acids. Still alpha acids, but more aromatic and flavorful. So depending on when you add them to the batch, will determine whether the bitterness will be flavorful or whether it will be just bitter and back here in your back your right. jowls. So the earlier they're added, the more bitter it is. Correct. Yeah. So to compare yeah. these two. At the very basic of it. We're, it's like it gets so difficult now because now people dry hop, now people wet hop. They now dry people, hop? Yeah. Dry hop means like once. I thought that thing, was just for high school kids. That's right. Um, but yeah, and so what you get is different flavors you get out of them. Um, the, the IBU is literally a measurement you can take of how many acids are in the beer. And that tells you how... Initially, it would tell you how bitter it was. Is that similar to wines and tannins? Very similar. It's a good way of looking at it as far as the the whole aspect of it. The downside to the IBU rating now is because people are the breweries are being so are getting so sophisticated at the at the actual art of adding hops and when to add certain hops. You can have high IBUs but just boatloads of flavor, right? And no bitterness. You can also have low IBUs and boatloads of bitterness depending on when and where they're at. So it's not a bitterness scale. It was. It, it started was. out that way. Okay. Because originally, originally you took your mash, yeah. you threw your hot water in it, that water made, that made wort, the wort was then passed over to the boil. While you're boiling it for impurities and whatnot, mm-hmm. you would then add hops. Hops were added because it kept it longer mm-hmm. as a, uh, just to keep it better, a better product for a longer period of time. That ended up making it bitter. Nowadays, we're so efficient and we have so many new wet methods of doing it the IBU rating is less important than it used to be. Right. So this podcast was just was seen as for a sophisticated beer drinking crowd because there's terminology here no. that goes over my no, head that's, a little bit. That's why I'm here. I'm, du- I'm dumbing it down. Yeah. And okay, I'm, so, I'm, I'm happy to go as dumb as possible. Yeah. Right. And, and so we, we shouldn't pretend we're sophisticated. We should no. just ask. So if no. I was to compare these two, this had a bit of a fruity yep. flavor. This is much more bitter. Yes. This They're very different beers. Tang yeah. beer. This is yeah, making then my I'm mouth dry. Taste this out that of can. That's the bitterness. That's that's the dryness yeah, let's in the hops. Have the dawn can test. The, can the, dawn, test. the dawn can test. That'd be a good. That'd that's be a, a good, good one. Well, that means that's you have nice. to finish love, them all now. Slingshot is a really good style of beer. Mm. Super mellow, especially See, if you want a, some this, hops. There's a whole different taste. Not a whole different taste. There's a slightly different taste from how the the 
the vessel in which you're drinking it out. Totally. You know, versus... There's more or less air into your mouth. Right. That's it. Yeah. So, so can we start on a different one? Because this is making my mouth extremely okay, un- unpleasant, unhappy. Oh, don't worry. This one's going to be wicked. And I'm going to so, drink this one out of the bottle. What is this? This is Base Camp. Base so this camp. is a West Coast Pale Ale. So earlier you had the you had the English Pale. Yeah. You had uh, the Grizz, our original. Yeah. This is the West Coast Pale. What you get out of this guy is we started using hops. It's our first crack at uh, Yukonot, uh, which is a hop that's relatively new to the West Coast as far as being grown. Uh, we also use Mosaic, and Mosaic's a really piney hop. Um, what you get is a really cool citrus and tropical flavor. Yeah. Um, but the really unique part about this is we brew it with oats. Oats are obviously like, we've all eaten oats in the morning. They're the exact same thing. Right. But oats will add sugars, some, but they don't actually impart a lot of flavor to a beer. Mm-hmm. They just actually change the feel of the mouth, like the mouthfeel. Interesting. So it's actually going to be more like palate coating. You kind of feel it in the inside of your cheeks. I love this beer. It's brand new for us. Um, this one came out in July. Oh, okay. Um, this is fresh off the, out of the brewery. Yeah. This one here actually is kind of unique. We actually originally planned it to be July to September. Mm-hmm. And our response from from customers and people on Twitter and Instagram. And if you think your comments on Instagram get unnoticed, you're wrong. They, the reason it's being kept now full time is because of the people wanting it. Right. Awesome. It sold well, great. But people said, we want this all year. Yeah. So we said, sure. May I ask, and if you don't want to answer this question, that's fine. But what does that mean, sold well? Um, we can't brew it fast enough. As in, so when Based I think how much volume you put out, yeah, because we the can time brew, it takes to brew, yeah, brew. So whatever your time it takes to ferment, is, yeah. Okay. Plus on the top of that, like we brew for Alberta, BC. We have a bit of uh, of presence in Manitoba and a bit of presence in Saskatchewan as well. So we have to look at all that as far as if we can actually manufacture enough beer to satisfy the demand in all four provinces. We're really big fans of taking care of your home. It's I think a lot of breweries get so big so quick. And they say, okay, cool, like China wants my beer, England yeah. wants my beer, let's send it there. But at the end of the day, you grew up and you kind of became who you are because of the people in your community around you, whether that's the immediate town or that means BC and Alberta or the Southern Alberta and all of BC, you grew, like you became But isn't big. that the sexiness of IPA? Correct me if I'm wrong here, but the, the success to the common beers like the Labatt's and the Molson Canadians and the Coors is because, and I might not have the right terminology here, but... They can travel long distances because they have a different pasteurization uh, uh, yep. uh, uh, chemistry, and that IPAs have a shorter type of chemistry, that, so that they can't really. You're, it's a bit backwards. Okay. Um, IPAs were initially designed. The romantic way of desi- describing it was, so when old world beers, everyone used to roast grains on a fire. It was a pretty inaccurate way of doing it. So the commoners got dark beers, dark ales. The royalty got pale ales because they got the finer, more well-roasted malts. When they went to India on the boats to get there, the beer would spoil on the boat ride there. But hops are preservative. So what they found was if they shoveled a crap ton of them into the the barrels Mm -hmm. before they go, they would last. And then they would have their pale ales in India and they'd be only ones and royalty got something special again. That's how India pale ales are said to somewhat exist and that's how it started. So technically, India pales would last longer. Pasteurization and length of, of beers and how well they last nowadays doesn't really matter. If you Is that because of what you put them in? Yes. The cans, how you how you brew them. Like our system, these cans are airtight. Yeah. And it is as good of a system as you're going to buy. Mm-hmm. All the big guys have just bigger systems of the exact same thing. Right. They're there to... The biggest enemy of beer is air, is oxygen. 
and all of these things, all of these systems do a double purge. So CO2 gets blasted into your vessel, whether it's a bottle, a can, a keg, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then as you're actually filling it up, it's blasted again. And then you'll obviously always see beer foaming up over and see the head coming out of the can. Yeah. You want that because then when they cap it with that on it, there's no air in there. Right. CO2 is no, heavy. no, no. Drink it out of the bottle. I'm gonna CO2 pour a little is, bit so we can all enjoy it. Is uh, is heavier than. I don't mind your mouth. We can. My mouth is good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I worked at local for a long time with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to another place here for a second. In 1989, I went. I was three. We're just right. going to lose some of our audience. But <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm saying that I went to the World Food Olympics in Frankfurt, Germany. Yeah, yeah. And while I was in Frankfurt, Germany, and I was with my father, who was from Hamburg, who was our translator, we went underground to where all the beer places were. And the beer in Germany has this kind of, I don't want to say flat taste, but it's just kind of, it's different than all of this. Yeah. Well, back then, I'm going to guess it was going to be more open air fermentation and they were going to do less um, actual carbonation of beer, but it may have just been where you were at the time. And a lot of the times too, like some beer can be flat when you're at a restaurant because their CO2 is down. Right. Like, I think that a lot of the times less CO2 and beer feeling like it's less than it should be are we allowed to swear on this yeah oh yeah fuck do i see a beer show here like yeah. do i see a great show here where we talk about this stuff it's a little higher produced with some graphics and stuff to I'll get back, us through and then we have a little comedy in there we have a little but this is so interesting yeah i love yeah. this this totally. is what i do this every day so this is interesting for you know I, I i think you this is a I've never seen a beer show. I've seen lots of wine shows. Yep. I've seen lots of cooking shows. Yep. I've seen lots of food shows. Yep. But the the things that I've just heard here in the last 20 minutes it's all new. intrigue me. It's all new and intrigues me to because I'm I like my beer, but I'm not a uh, I'm not a, a fussy connoisseur but beer. See, I, that's I'm, the thing. I'm pretty, a lot I'm, of the times, and like not to and not to like offend you, your kind of people that drink one style of beer and drink. My dad is an MGD drinker. That's what Trump says. Your kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like that style of drinker, that dedicated drinker, is the old style of way. People mm -hmm. grew up. My yeah. dad drank Coconut, so I drink Coconut. Yeah. My dad drank Canadian, so I drink Canadian. Right. Nowadays, people are realizing because beer used to be yellow bubbles and that was it. You just picked your brand. Yeah. Nowadays, there's so many styles of beer, and the reason there's so many styles of beer is there's so many different palates. Plus, mm -hmm. beers match with food so well. And pair with food so well, but different beers pair with different foods. Well, marketing increased. You know, you, you found other ways to sell your beer other than saying, "Hey, this is the cleanest, cleanest, crispest one." Totally. Now you also, can say, "Well, yeah, it, it really hits you on the back of your throat." And then also, when you have it with this meal, it really sets it off. People wanted different flavor profiles. Yeah. Just because it's crisp and clean doesn't mean that's what something like someone like myself. I drink a lager as little as off as as, as few times as possible. Because it's boring to you, right? To me, it's less exciting. Yeah. But. That's the way that people are starting to realize, hey, there's really cool beers out here that aren't the same all the time, and it's interesting to try new beers. So I'm, I'm intrigued again, and pardon me for all my... Bonus, I love when but, you interrupt. But I've been to a lot of wine tastings. I've yeah. been to a lot of Sonoma Valley, Russian Valley. I've, I've done, And when you get to the wine tasting, you're supposed to swish it around your mouth and then spit it out. If we keep going here, I'm going to be hammered. Yeah, that's and the fucking I, point. You got caps Let's coming. do it. We got caps coming. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, the point, but so but it, doesn't that alter the taste as you're trying to taste everything? Yeah, like, in a way, sure. Your remembrance of the beer will be a smidge. 
Soggy. I've no, had that's two, why we docked I've had two though. beers right now that I remember. I remember this got a little bit of fruity flavor. I like that, that one. That was this one. Just light yeah, them up I, there. I like that one out of the can. Yeah. This has got a real bitter taste to yeah, it. Yeah, that was this one. And then, but it tastes a little bit out of the can, but I'm still, this is my go-to Yeah, and you're, right on, you're on this one still, that first one in front of you. You haven't tried that one I yet. I haven't tried this yet. No, you're not going to like so, it. But give it a whirl. No, I, it's... Yeah, yeah. It's but like the whole point is, is that different people try different beers. But the it's idea is, too, is it's fun. no, no, no. Too, sorry, this is base camp. Yes, yeah. it's too much. Yeah. Right. So he had the session. Too, That's though. gone. That can't. That, okay. that cup is gone somewhere. Okay. So, but um, so as as to your point though, this is interesting. This is what I do on this podcast. I dive into I dive into yeah. things that I want to learn about people I'm interested in. This is what this is all about—a learning experience. I don't care if people listen or not listen, and if you guys want to jump on board and love it too, that's, it. that's well. What great the thing that was interesting to, to support that what you said, Sam, was that IPA beers—you uh, want to service your local community. Yeah. And so there's a culture. Craft, yeah, craft breweries want to do that. Yeah, you, you, there's a culture there, a culture recognition. Totally. There. And then once you take that culture and you move it to another world china or somewhere else is that good or bad or what you know i don't know actually much like i know in obviously in europe in england and in germany the craft culture is booming as well i don't know as far as like in asia and stuff where how that's going but the cool thing to me and part of the, i used to work for an import company that did import beers i really got drawn into the idea of craft because you would never see a big brewery like molson for instance calling up labat and saying hey Let's make a beer together. They don't want that. Whereas when you see, like, we've done collaboration beers with Whistler before. We've done collaboration beers with uh, 49th Parallel before. We've done these collaboration beers, and it's us going into their brewery and Shane coming into my brewery and making beers. And we sell them not for the fact that you're going to make boatloads of cash on that one-off. That's not really what it's about. It's about having fun. It promotes both brands. It's fun to kind of get together and right. see how other people do it. But when you see like Calgary and Alberta, because of the recent legislation has really boomed in the beer industry, it's the it's the really hot thing to invest in right now. You're seeing breweries pop up. And that's neat. But what's even cooler to me is that you see these breweries get together and make beers together because yes, it's gonna make both of them a bit of money, but at the end of the day, it honestly, it builds the culture, which then fortifies more people to come back to their breweries and always enjoy the beer right whether it's your basic lager or your darkest of imperial ipas or imperial stouts you get a really cool kind of like partnership with people that should be competitors we should not like these other craft breweries but the best thing is is the pie is so big right now and craft is here we've got the rest of that pie to really chop off before we stop fighting each other so if i was to make uh, and i'm not trying to be aloof or arrogant here but my i'm a been a television producer for yeah, almost yeah. 40 years yeah and so i'm making the analogy here of when i grew up there was three or four or five channels yeah now we have five hundred thousand channels so you make the analogy that there was you know three four or five beers and now and that uh, satisfied the markets and now there's all this craft beer to be you know to specific tastes to be yeah, specific. And just so the, the the question i want to get to now is the business model of this yeah the business model of when you produce a, a a specific beer, is there enough ROI and is the is the uh, the infrastructure of creating that beer and selling it in a small way a good business? Is that a uh, is that a is that a situation where um, like Molson and Labatt's and those guys they they cater to the 
Totally. Yeah. You know, and you can see how they do the shelf space. Yeah. You can see that when you walk into a, a beer store, it's, you know, Molson Canadian, Molson Light, Coors, yeah. Labatt's, Bud, you know, and then your crafts get uh, less and less uh, shelf space out there. Yeah. Which kind of is how much of the business you're taking off. Yeah. I, I make the analogy to the television world. We're getting into a cord cutting uh, culture where we're, you know, appointment TV is gone now. We don't want to be told when to watch TV. We don't want to just have uh, Labatt's or Molson Canadian or Labatt's Blue. We want to have all kinds of other funky yeah. tasting beers that cater to our taste buds with the food we're eating or the pots we're, we're smoking or whatever we're doing that, that works with every everything in there. The question I have as an entrepreneur is if you set up a craft business, does it only work if you have you eight know, different kinds? Or so I'll tell it. Okay, so currently we have a lot of crap brews popping up. Does any of that, what I said, make sense? Yeah, you, you have a lot of questions in there. You're basically um, asking how to start a brewery. Is, and well, and how, you know, what makes it successful? So what do you have to do? Like to me, I see... Uh, Wilson, can it, I see volume. I see yeah, and sales. that's not what we're about. We're yeah. not about that. So, we all want to sell lots of beer. That's the goal. You want to make beer, sell lots of it, make more of it, sell all that, and make more. That's the whole. Obviously, the end game is the same. Um, but at the same time, we want to produce quality stuff. Uh, we want to produce unique beers and a unique liquid that separates us from just everyone else, but also brings new and unique recipes to the beer world that people can drink and enjoy. Yeah. And you may love it, you may hate it, but you like to try the new ones and see what happens. Maybe it goes well with the salad or whatever. When it comes to new breweries, so to answer your question, fuck is this guy good? A lot yeah, of breweries, really good. a lot <laughs> of breweries, and good people. Uh, a lot of breweries start off, traditionally you'd see a craft brewery start with two or three beers. So what they'll do is they'll look and see, and generally they'll, they'll, have, a, they'll have a brewer, a master brewer, and a marketing guy, and they'll kind of get together. And the brewer says, I have four good recipes. And the idea is, is making 20 beers from the get-go is a horrible business plan because you're not going to have the infrastructure to hold all that beer to satisfy customers purchasing it, but you're also not going to have 20 great beers. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. Our first recipes are never the best. And we've had beers that we've brought out that we've axed and brought out and axed, not because they're bad beers or good beers. They may be too early for the market, whatever it is, but they don't work at the time. So a, a standard craft brewery come out, two or three beers, probably a pale ale. Uh, they might do a take on a, on a wheat beer, whether it's a Hefeweizen or a, or a Belgian wit. Maybe add some hops in it, make it more West Coast at that time. Um, and then start getting out there and getting the culture there. The point of, as far as crafts, so you were saying in, your, in the cooler, like you see Molson, we, the fun part of the job, honestly, and we do it to each other all the time, is you'll go in and you'll see a shelf and you talked about shelf placement. Yeah. That's obviously the goal. You want to be eye level. Yeah. It's usually it's usually uh, row number four. You want to have all your beers color blocked together and branded or billboarded, as we call it, beside each other. But I look at it not as like, okay, so there's the Fernie section, the tiny little Fernie section, and then there's this Molson. And I look at it as, take a look at the craft, brewery, craft mm -hmm. section. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the brands there, mm -hmm. when you see a liquor store slowly adding the craft section, we're winning. It's big. That's what it is. Okay, so on that on that note there, let's just switch away from the taste of beer and the quality of beer for the second. Let's go to the marketing end of it. I am of the mind that anything more than four colors on any product is um, too much noise. You have a very nice looking product. I love our color blocking. We're rare your, in, your the, in the Your color blocking industry. is very nice. It's very... Um, it's it's not not that it's simple, but it's clear and it's not defined. A lot of IPA have cartoons on it. I'm gonna tell Abby about that because she's gonna flip. Like, she no, designs but, all of it and does all of it herself. 
No, all this of our, is really, really. I'm a marketer with like I used to. Work, I, I took courses in subliminal seduction on color and blocking and everything like that. You're gonna and love. I'm just, all and I'm just saying that I look at these IPA beers sometimes, and I look up and I see this woman or this pirate or something, and there's like 27 colors on here, and I'm yeah. going, this is a cartoon beer. I don't want it. I don't want a cartoon and beer. Fine. This you has a what? bit of class to This has a lot of class to we it. We try for that. We try for consistency, and we want to look professional while having some uniqueness to each brand so that you can see a label of ours and know it's our label. You yeah. may not know what beer it is. Right, because, because you've got the two-tone. Totally. Right. Yeah. When you see yeah. a black and white label, it's yeah. the IPA series. When and you and you've gone off of whoever has designed this has has looked at the other mass-produced successful beers that have the, the the similar logo and brand mark, most in Canadian, Labatt. Shout out then, to Abby Moore. Good job. Yeah. yeah no, just, this is, no, this is very, very Can we just good. talk about how overwhelming it is to go into a store and see this massive shelf you, of craft beer? Like, it gives me, me I, anxiety. It's I'm like going to the, the bookstore and deciding what to read. I see beer every day. Yeah. I don't do... So... I moved when I, I was I've been, I was in Alberta, northern Alberta, I was in Edmonton, living in Edmonton, working for Fernie. Yeah. Uh, I did everything. Retail, yeah. I did on-premise, restaurants, events. Everything you saw in northern Alberta was me. Hold on, quickly. What are we drinking? This is so the Eldorado. So I want to bring it out. This is going to be our new seasonal fall beer. So it's actually a unique one because with That's all the bad. new hops, people are starting to dive into doing single hop beers. This yeah. is our first foray into a single hop beer. Yeah. What you get is... Um, one hop. It's all Eldorado hop. Mm-hmm. And then Eldorado hop. Where does has that a, come from? Why is it Eldorado? That's the name of it. Okay. That's the name of the hop. Um, what you get out of the Eldorado hop is yeah. predominantly a lemony flavor. So mm-hmm. what we did to make it more depth of character, some more flavor, just to really, honestly, just tantalize the palate a bit more. Yeah. We added lemongrass. It's tantalizing. You liked it. You're not an IPA fan, but you liked it. I know. It. I actually See, don't I hate you. this. That's I don't want to pull my you're, tongue out. You're trying all these beers, and yeah. there's beers that you would, you would, would, I would have told you the, the name of it, and you would have said, no way, no chance, I'm not you're drinking right, it. You're right. But once you kind of get in there and your palate gets acclimated, that's the biggest yeah. issue. Pour one of these for Ethan because he's, yeah. he, no, he's probably getting thirsty over there. Easy E. I like Easy it. Easy E. Um, but yeah, and so this one we actually add lemongrass. Yeah. So within the within the boil, um, and then it's brewed and fermented with lemongrass as well. You get that cool kind of herbaceous flavor in the background, mm-hmm. and it's I always compare it to like herbed butter. Yeah. Butter's great. So, I love having a buttery bagel. Yeah. But then when you have herbed butter, it's that second level of flavor in the background you get, and that to me is everything. It's got like a, like a who. Turn that phone off, Sam. It's off. It's not. It's not. Holy. It's a vibrate there. Eh? I, you know what? We're going to do a new, new rule in this place. No phones. <laughs> no phones. Or phone hey, Don, Don, that, on this side, no, no phones as a, as on that guest, side of that. As a guest, that's overstayed my welcome uh, at this point in time. And I have uh, I told my wife that I was coming over, my wife Belinda, I was coming over to meet with you to talk about cleaning our offices and how we're going to do that. And I walk into a podcast. So I'd like to be able to say, uh, you can start off with saying, hi, Belinda, that we're actually doing a podcast on beer and we're talking to our so go on belinda, what up, B? belinda your husband is of immense value to us right now he can't come home yet because he is helping us decipher what we need to know about beers he's helping the masses i love really. his questions uh it's very important to have him here so you can expect him in a couple hours no i'm not going a couple hours 10 minutes so uh, who's Seven your buddy minutes. here who's your buddy here what's up B? It's sam loftrand here all right so and then your this is amr it's amr from Bosnia. I'm learning about beer as well, so. Yeah. Yeah. Just got off the boat. He's, fre- then, he's fresh off of a workout. And this is? Ethan. Ethan, okay. So, Belinda, I just want you to know that I thought I was coming here to talk about our office being cleaned, and I walked into this podcast. I'm coming home in 10 minutes. Yeah, right. That's good, Don. I like okay. it. I like it. <laughs> that bought you about an hour, right? Guys, if we could just, we can keep rolling, but I just, my head is just 
spinning right now. It's the hops. No, no, on... Questions. No, not on questions. On the production of a beer show. A beer show that... I'm in. Like, a, look, I'm telling you, it's, it's, a, it's a combination of the roughness of a podcast like this, and then it's the visitation to places. It's like, I, I'm going to ask you one question. Yeah. I'm going to ask you one I question. I have something to add to this. We're going to go we're gonna come back right after this commercial break. No, there's no, no commercials. Okay, so I'm going to ask you one question. Drink, drink. And I want you to answer this because everybody thinks they know the answer to this. Sure. But they don't. What is beer? Awesome. I love beer. That's what it is to that me. That's a really it, shitty answer. It's not a no, shitty what answer. What is beer? Beer isn't technically. If you want, what do you want, what do you want from it? Though? I want. I want to know what is this? Like it. Like why is beer beer? Like what? What is it? What? How does this? Beer is fermented sugar water. Beer is fermented but, sugar water. Yes, that is the. If you want the scientific answer to it, it's fermented sugar water with hops added. That's what it is. Okay, that's what we want. Sometimes spices, sometimes extra stuff, it's, but. It's fermented, fermented sugar, sugar water, water with hops added. Because Why hops? Hops are preservative, and hops counterbalance the sugar within the within the wort to give bitterness to sweetness. Mm. And then the yeast eats the sugar. So there's a new beer in the market that I really like. It's called Prohibition. That's a non-alcoholic beer, but that's dealcoholized. So I got so here we go. So many questions. Get into on. it. So many questions. First of all, what I like about that is that when you. What I can have uh, when I'm working, I can have three or four prohibition beers. It's the first bloody non-alcoholic beer that has some taste to it. Because it's brewed like normal beer, but pull, alcohol pulled out. Traditionally, Bavaria, like the company Bavaria, had a patent on the way of dealcoholizing beer, and it ran out. Now everybody's going to start turning in. What they do is they take beer, they take alcohol out of the beer. The that's why that's why the Budweiser. The black can, I don't remember what it's called, the alcohol, the prohibition beer. Sorry, yeah. um, that's why it tastes like real beer because it is. Um, but when you talk about a beer show, my idea, I have seen tons of beer things and they are boring as hell because the people on them are generally Cicerone level threes that are very boring and no tons but old world, old world uh, hops, old world old. beers. They're older because it takes a lot of money and it, an incredible amount of knowledge to be a, a level three Cicerone. So we know that wine has been there since Christ. I think beer but can be how a long show has that's beer fun. been around? And like, beer's been around just as long. Beer was made. I, if you really want to go in the history of it, like there's a there's. I heard one story from someone who taught me the beer on the on the thirst for knowledge uh, education system that, it, literally, it was bread was left in a pan. It rained. Bread's got everything in it that's a, that a beer does. Right. Malt, yeast, water, and the yeast also traditionally used to call beer like god's work because it was open air fermentation and they didn't understand it but there's yeast flying around in the air because it's an organism it would land in the beer start eating the sugar and then all of a sudden you'd create beer right wow great i can get loaded off this that's how it all started they say i thought that's one story that and how it all started it was it rained someone decided i'm gonna drink this pan of water that looks weird well because they didn't have any other choices no back, back then. then they had no ref there was no refined i don't practices. know if you've watched game of thrones but God, it's I'd love to do a beer show yeah, Donnie, I'm, I'm available. This is, this episode is, one of so good. Episode yeah. one of many. I'm, I'm available, Donnie. So let let's bring it back around. Let's bring it back. Okay, so let's the, bring it back around. The Eldorado. What'd you, so hey, you know what? I was telling you how over overwhelmed I am with mm -hmm. all this craft brew. I see beer how do you every keep track? day. You know what? Um, actually, and like not to throw a plug to anyone, 
But if you like the un- like the Untapped app for someone who <laughs> wants to learn about Which beer and be part of the, the beer community, one? yeah, yeah the one. Untapped app is mm-hmm. is what I would suggest. The yeah. Untapped app basically has every beer ever created. Right. You can rate it yeah. on your beer whether you liked it five stars, one star. Write right. your comments. Okay. When I first started getting into the beer world, that was a good way for me. If I had a two ounce sample like this at a bar, hey, I tried it, I threw it in there, I thought it tastes like this, great, right. and I remembered it. Nowadays, like I've that, tried right? so many beers. I generally also, too, the, the style of beer, I can tell you what I'm probably going to taste. Yeah. If I haven't seen a beer, I'll try two ounces. Sure. But it's overwhelming for me. Like, if you've been to Sherbrooke Liquor, mm-hmm. shout out to Steve at Sherbrooke Liquor. He is the greatest <laughs> beer purchaser ever. His, Where Sherbrooke Liquor? Sherbrooke here? Liquor, here in Edmonton. He has the... Also has, great tequila selection. They have an... It, the stop, whole The whole store stop, is amazing. Stop. But... Sherbrooke Liquor? Yeah. That's my hood. Yeah. Steve is the, is the, have, is the beer manager. No, but I grew up in that hood. I was born in that hood. Sherbrooke is where I come yeah. from. Yeah, I would love to be there. Really. SB. But yeah, he, uh, Steve, Steve buys all things, and he's the he organizes his beer cooler in probably the most manageable way for a place with that many beers, which yeah. is by style. Right. So you would say, "I'm Shane. It's I great. like this. Yeah. I'm gonna come in." Okay, normally buy this beer. Yeah. These are all around it. I'll just grab a bunch. Ignore these three shelves. You're in the middle too there. Totally. That's you. That's where you live. Yeah. Perfect. So I'm going to grab those beers that I haven't tried, but yeah. they're like the one I like. Right. So that's the easiest way to do it. And he does an amazing job bringing in all the new beers, all the limited beers, all the weird beers, all yeah. the one-offs. Right. Okay, um, so let's switch gears here for a second and bring another element in. That's what happens when you have two, ho- gears two, have? two no. hosts on a show. No, let's switch gears. No, I'm just a guest. Anyway, so I'm a vinyl collector. I collect vinyl albums. Yeah. I collect vinyl records. Again, just lost half the audience. No, 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 no. But, but the five cities in the world that you buy the best vinyl records of London, England, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Winnipeg. Why Winnipeg? Because in Chicago, when the prohibition of uh, booze was happening and they busted everybody in Chicago, Al Capone and everybody went up to Winnipeg across the country to Lethbridge and everything, and the music followed. All the jazz musicians and everybody followed. The most speakeasies uh, are in Winnipeg. What? Tell me about beer and music. What what oh, is dude. the like synonymous. what's like so what beer and alcohol so music and alcohol is synonymous so whether right. or not music and alcohol is synonymous. Yeah. but is there is it more specific with beer and I think beer would probably re- lend itself more to the punk rock alternative music styles and and people like that and right. places- a book stopping come Tom Connors once yeah prior to he, God bless me live and he would always for his rider have. Uh, room temperature Pilsner beer yeah. that we'd have to bring in yeah. and he'd fucking drink 12 of those things before oh, yeah. he got on the stage and it was like ugh, the worst shit I'd ever tasted but he just cracked these stubby bottles yeah. Pilsner beer room temperature and that was his but he beer. grew up liking that that's, he liking that's, that. what he, that's what he grew up drinking yeah. and that's the thing a palate is so flexible in the sense totally. that no matter what you if you grew up drinking something you're always going to have an affinity for it you're going to have yeah. a taste for it but it's the same way no one likes beer when they first taste it get back to music yeah to me I think like, well, Portland, Seattle, these are all places that have great music communities. Thriving, thriving craft. Like, Portland could arguably, arguably be one of the greatest craft beer areas in the States. Is that why? Because they have great really music? One. Like, they got good speakeasies, good live scene? I think it's just... Jimi Hendrix came from there? Well, Seattle, yeah. Jimi Hendrix came from Seattle. Uh, Nirvana came from Seattle. Seattle's got... I was there a couple years ago, and I went every bar I went to. I tried to grab just anything that I hadn't tried because there's a lot of American beers we don't have in Canada. Right. So you I just got grab, your audience back now. I yeah. tried to grab everything I could, but the coolest thing to me was again, there's so many breweries popping up. Like, look at Alberta for example. Like, even as a BC brewer, we don't hate Alberta brewers. 
the legislation really sucks for us right now, but it's going to change one day, maybe. Maybe it changes back. Maybe it changes to an augmented system in between. But the reality is, is that having lots of craft brewers, it affects us because there's more competition, right. but it also brings more people into our segment. So while they create and we have less opportunity to sell to the same person, we have more opportunity to sell to more people. So you might come in and now that you've tried these five beers, you might now go and buy a craft beer, which is, that is the win. That's all we need. We need you to try one more because you're going to try it. I will give it a second look, but okay. I'm now on a fifth taste and to me now five is too much. Like I, I'm, no, no, not, 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 the con, not the not the consumption of volume. It's I'm trying to dis- determine normally, again, the different tastes. Normally, like I remember, I remember the first three, four tastes, but now I'm going to taste another beer. And but, I, I just sort so of, normally, if I'm in a, in a system where I'm at a restaurant, so what I do is I'm on-premise for Alberta. I manage all those things. And what I would do is I'll go in and talk to a bar manager. We will discuss prior to tasting beers what they're looking for as far as a style, what's not represented on a tap line, and what they could maybe add to the tap line to grab new customers or make people drink more. And that's where I come in because you'll look at it and say, you've got 12 light beers and 12 taps. You need two or three dark beers. That's what we'll try. I'll get rid of all these IPAs and you'll try a red beer, a brown beer, a maple porter that we make. We make a stout. We make a winter ale. We make all those. That's something where you would... See, that's where I wonder about the business of it. If there's so much variety, can you sustain a good ROI on that much we absolutely do. Like, you're so because, diverse. But instead of a place having three Molson taps, they go down to two Molson taps or one Molson Some don't tap, have right? it anymore. Yeah, and you're exactly. seeing it's it's really the chains that chains and the small mom and pop shops where Molson is going to, and not to accuse them of throwing money at places, yeah. but help them out. And that's where they're, and those places are the only places that have a ton of the major domestic product. Big, big stadiums like Rexall and Rogers. Yeah. Those are the places that have Molson contracts. Can I talk about a conspiracy that I've heard, which may be a myth? You can, but before you do that, what are we drinking now? This is called Old Stumpy. This is our Stumpy. So we are in a system, and you've seen it, the black and white labels. Yeah. They are limited release IPAs. Great. And we we release a new IPA every two months. Yeah. Old Stumpy um, is a playoff of the idea of having um, a single hop beer. Yeah. So rather than single hop, we try one single flavor. So it's all pine flavors. Yeah. So hops that have pine flavors, Simcoe and Mosaic, and then... Just a nice mellow beer to kind of give you that hoppy flavor while still being honestly refreshing. Like, honestly, I'll say it's like eating a pine tree. Yeah. To me. Yeah. That is like pine. And I have a question, Sam. Um, I saw that like the most recent IPAs, like they go up in alcohol percentage. Some. Do all IPAs that contain higher? So an IPA by will generally have between 6.5 and 7.5. I'm getting loaded. 6.5 and 7.5 is what an average IPA will have. Okay. You can have imperial IPAs, like a double IPA. Is that why people like IPAs or something? Is that why they lean to it? Because it's more alcohol? No, Uh, because it's trendy. There's flavor. It's trendy. There's there's a lot of reasons, but high alcohol doesn't hurt people because if you're walking to the pub down the road and you're watching the game and you want to kind of get a bit sauced, you can have three pints rather than five pints and... For a guy who doesn't drink a lot of IPA, what I've noticed right now is that it's got, I just noticed it's got more alcohol, but when I'm drinking a, a Molson product or a Coors Banquet, I'm drinking it. I'm, I'm drinking it. Well, another easy. one, I'm drinking it. I'm easy eating. But this one is more almost like you, not. I don't want to say sipping it, but you drink it. You enjoy it. it. You talk, you enjoy this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a different, it's a different experience. Whereas Absolutely. It the is. Other, it's That's, just a function of, it's like, I have to say, it's like, going through I the have, motions. I yeah. have done a lot of sit downs where you talk about beer and drink beer and this is what I do all day 
but I Fuck, really, tough job. I really enjoy the fact that you've come to these revelations verbally because to me this is something that people don't realize sometimes. Yeah. What's the do myth I and conspiracy I'm talking about that I've heard in the beer world and like, and is granted, that Molson and Labatt are backing some craft be, uh, some craft breweries. Well, they're buying them. They're buying them, and they but they keep their brand separate, yep. and they take the signs. Mill, Street's, and the, and, Mill Street is an example of that. So Mill Street was bought by Labatt two years ago. Right. Mill Street technically exactly. operates as its own company still. Right. You'd no, never know they're affiliated. Nothing changed. The reality is, though, a couple of the house brands were taken over by Labatt, now brewed by Labatt, and then they still operate their own beer houses. So you have the Mill House... The Mill Street uh, uh, brew, brew Pub down in Calgary. They have Mill Street Brew Pubs out, out east. They also own Stanley Park. It's all the same company. So all these breweries are brewed by Labatt while still brewing on their own. Okay, so that there is some the, truth to that. There is some there, uh, Absolutely. The reason that is partially is I would think you see these big companies realizing they are losing market share in large numbers to craft as a company. Not Fernie, not anyone specific but right. as a brand craft is starting to take over so they're trying to make sure they stay within that segment but also too they're being smart on the aspect they're realizing that people don't want to have and the current drinker doesn't want to have the same beer every day you may drink Molson Canadian five days a week but Saturday and Sunday you might crush IPAs mm -hmm. so they want that business too when I was you know growing up the tough beer that was like tough was Samuel Adams I love Sam Adams. That's the oldest craft brewery in... Is that? That's, yeah. that's the biggest, largest craft brewery. Out of Boston, brewery. right? Yep. Uh, out, of, out of the States. They have a hundred and some beers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those. And then the other beers that I know, I like Steam Whistle. It's a light... Uh, Steam Whistle's a great craft company. Yeah. They they took a different model, though. They went, we're going to brew one beer really, really well. Their right. Pilsner's great. There's no doubt about it. That's Steam all they make. That's all Can you make. now tell our uneducated the difference between ale, lager... <laughs> Give, give us that's the, the only two so technically if you want to boil it down a lager is bottom fermented yeast ale is top fermented yeast so when you have yeast a lager is also cold fermented so a lager will come in you will you make the wort make the malt everything you can like piss that. right here no. oil do everything lagers are then the yeast then goes in and, and, and it ferments through the bottom of the tank ales are fermented at room temperature with the yeast at the top of the batch that's the biggest difference. Okay, also so then what's the taste difference then? Lagers are always going to be lighter. It's usually go more gold in my, uh, malts. Um, but realistically, like there doesn't have to be that crazy amount of ta taste difference because you can brew it with whatever malts, whatever hops, whatever flavors you so want. So what's Molson Canadian? Molson Canadian is a lager. lager. What's uh, Coors Banquet? Lager. What's... Uh, Stella is a Pilsner. And a Pilsner is a version of a lager. So this is what I'm saying. Like when you told me all those beers, I laughed because it's like well, you just like you just like lagers. That's not a bad thing. I people always say well, you can't have. You know we should get rid of all the big breweries. There's a place for every beer because there's a place for every drinker. Mm. You can have if you enjoy light crushable beers, like you said, you want to crush a few couple gulps done. That is fine. That's the point of beer is to be drank by the common person. The beer is the as a drink of the people. We're just now, as a, as a company of Fernie and as a brand of craft beer, bringing out different styles and different opportunities so that people who perhaps don't like lagers or want more from their beer have an opportunity to try something different. So what are the more popular ales? <laughs> That's a big question. IPAs are probably the trendiest right now. Sours um, are really becoming popular. 
What is a sour? Like, what company is a sour? Like, what brand is a sour? Well, a sour is a style of beer. Okay. Sour is literally a sour beer. There's not a lot of hops in it, and it's Pretty mostly shocking. like a lambic. A lambic would be a fruit beer. If you had uh, Lindemans has a has a frambois, which is a raspberry lambic, and it's literally like basically raspberry juice and, and a bit of yeast and a bit of water. And Clint Eastwood likes only one kind of beer. He likes low and brown. Lager. German lager. Yeah. As a lot of people at that age would. Yeah. And the cool thing, like, and, and one of the things that happened, like, in the 90s, you saw, and, like, even 80s and 70s, you saw people like Molson, Levat, and all these big brands, they were going in, and people were only drinking that beer. Like, they were going into place, and you'd have four Molson taps. They might be the same beer, might be different names, whatever. But beer initially started when you when you start town. That's why these German comp- these German cities have all these breweries, and these breweries are 400 years old. When you built a town, you built a town, you built the market, you built the place where you had the hospital, you had and you had right. your shop and you had your brewery and the brewery made beer for the town that was it so when I always speak to like making beer and taking care of your home mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about you take care of your home if more people enjoy it that is awesome you want as many people to enjoy your beer as possible because that's all you're making it for you're not making it you're making it to make money but you're not making it because you just want money right because this would this is a labor of love and uh, on the long run and then so, one day you make a lot so beer went through the various formats again to make analogies to the television business but what happened to the dry format what was this whole thing about dry beer you had dry molsons and dry this honestly i never really drank that was that was like in the, like the 90s more or less yeah and it was kind of this we went through this dry I phase i don't know enough honestly i would probably go through dry phases fucking stumped him. I don't I don't I, I would think my best guess when i heard that would be i would think it was mostly a marketing ploy i would think I think that's marketing uh, to get you to drink similar beer that's made by the same company to, again, retain market share. That's the whole point, right? They want to retain and sell as much beer as possible. Oh, there's just so much to talk about here. Yeah, I like the whole concept of, of the, the vessels, you know, the cans, the bottles, the kegs, the draft, the glasses. Did you know, the, funny thing, uh, in a lot of provinces, uh, bottles are the least bought style of vessel and cans are higher. And in Alberta, we're the highest domination of bottle. Really? Yes, for three fifty-five bottles, people in Alberta because of this old style bottle beer. It makes no difference to me. I like can. For me, it's not a taste; it's a it's a holding. Like this, this feels cheap. Like this, but like this feels hillbilly to drink out of a can. To me, that feels feels that feels like. You know what? Going camping. That yeah. Feels like I mean, I grew up in Vancouver, so I guess call me a call me the a city slicker. The thing with putting it in a glass, to your point, yeah. but it, for me, in the social dynamic of how you interact with people and how you drink alcohol and make sure that you man- manage your alcoholic management throughout the evening, and you have four, five, six beers. But if you put it in a glass, the glass goes faster. You know, because because that's all if, that, unfortunately that's on you. <laughs> no, 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 but but the reason the glass goes faster is if you let it sit there, the last half is flatter. Ah, you know, sure, yes, carbonation. You just got a bigger mouth hole. Yeah, the the carbonation leaves as it sits there. To me, that makes no difference. The carbonation of a beer is the last thing I'm caring about for a lot of reasons, but. Um, you taste it better when it's less carbonated. Yeah. So give me this last one. Hey. I'm going to leave here pretty soon. Red I, I've really so, enjoyed this. So Big Caboose Red Ale, named after the train that goes through Turk for me twice a day. That's fine. Um, that's good. Really? This is a nice... So this is polar oh, like, opposite to whatever we have. It's good, eh? That's this my is, second favorite me, beer. Don't this drink is, it out of the can. I'm drinking that one my, out of the can. This is my to favorite me, this is, one. This is, this is my gem. This is my bread and butter. It's my I second love favorite one. It's no, no real 
no real bitterness. The bitterness that's there is Slingshot. more grassy. Caramel malts, amber malts, molasses malts, you know, those this nice red flavors that just smooth. And a good dark beer, I think, is also not heavy. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of your domestic dark beers tend to be heavier. There's, for, there's a lot of reasons for that. that heavy beer. Tech, tell me about Guinness. Guinness Technically is, not heavy. Guinness isn't heavy at all. It's probably the healthiest of the beers you're going to drink. Like, one of the healthier beers you're going to drink is a stout. It has 4.3% alcohol. Like, Guinness is a, a wonderful beer. So why is the Guinness one the healthiest one? Uh, they roast the malt super light, but it's, okay. it's a lighter beer. Like, technically, the le- less alcohol, the less calories. That, you can just pair those two together. Um, but it's not heavy. It's black. Mm-hmm. Perceptionally, it's heavy. Yeah. When you look at the beer, you think it's heavier. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. if you drink them side by side, if you actually drank a beer side by side, it is less heavy than yeah. most beers. Well, right and the other thing with Guinness is it's not carbonated with CO2. It's got nitrogen, yeah, which nice, is... It takes up much less room oh in the God. stomach. Yeah, it's so a if, nitro. if you were to chug a beer, and I've had people come in for pub golf where they had to chug a one liter milk bottle of beer, they said, which would be the easiest to chug? And I said, Guinness go with Guinness. All the time. Know, and they tried it, and it went it's down like, the easiest. It's like milk yeah. Yeah, it's like Or either that. that or cider, because cider's not really carbonated. Well, cider either. cider is. It's bubbles. It gets yeah. literal carbonation. There's yeah. no like, there's yeast in there. right, eh? But when you pour a thing of cider, a pint or a uh, sleeve of it cider. It kills it for faster. It's like pop, Yeah, the yeah. bubbles are gone right yeah. away. Yeah. Right. But yeah, Guinness would just It's like milk. Down. Goes if you're in a beer bong, Guinness. Yeah, Guinness gets the style. Like a stout gets that that aura of being heavy and and being well, filling and stuff. When guys, I've got to go. I really have enjoyed this. I think, Sam, you're an amazing sure. talker. Don't Amber, you're a great listener. And <laughs> I like your tattoo. Thank you. And, and, and um, uh, yeah, Shane, thank you for having me on Mr. this. Mr. Matz, thanks I, for joining I do us. want to say a couple things that have impressed me. First of all, I like this beer the best. No, you don't. You no, hated you don't. that no, one. No, no. You like this one the most. And then this the second one. Yeah. yeah. No, no, this was the one. No, that's the hot. That's the bitter one. You don't like that at all. And then this was the season. He, no, he did like Slingshot. I liked Slingshot. Yeah, the one he I likes it. Really? I told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I told you he did. You have no intention. He didn't like the Grizz. Yeah. But I, but, I, I but I, what I really time. really like, what the the you know beer side, I like the marketing of this. This has a professional look to it. This we has a this has a very. It's not cartoony. It's not uh, you know like a a, a a rock and roll T-shirt. This has got some style, but it also shows some independence to it. Don, I will tell you right now. I will. Say, I'm going to call Abby, and she, if she doesn't listen to this podcast, which it's a fifty-fifty, no one really cares what I do. Um, it, I will call her and tell her because I think she will be thrilled. We work very hard on making sure our marketing, while professional, still gives off that Fernie vibe. We want you to understand our culture of our town the most. We want you to understand what Fernie's about, but at the same time. Look fun, look great. But well, still you're not you're not arrogant because your font doesn't have drop shadows on it. You have a one dimension um, uh, font style. You have very simple colorations. You only have uh, the cans with two or three colors on it. It's not complicated, but it's sophisticated. It, it, it's professional looking. It, it's, I can't wait to tell her. I'm actually it's it's, it's no. It's, it's, it's it's very, the first thing I when I walk in the nice room. To hear I, that. Because those are the things, honestly. Like, Actually, when you walked into the room, you said this looks like shit production. But yeah. second, <laughs> secondly, he said still the beers like, like really still good. Still looks like shit production. <laughs> Have you got that screensaver up yet? But it's about the content, not not necessarily Fuck, the Fuck, I could design this room like a nice pub and bar. You're working with more budget than we are. <laughs> no, 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 that's not old. true. It doesn't take much to do a little art direction. Does it take more no, than That's negative space right there. There's nothing going on there. Yeah. I just One moved into this office. Editing. 
Or a jersey. We could have had a Fernie Brewing on there. Yeah, picture of Fernie. Picture of Fernie right there, you know? Yeah, could have had a picture of the brewery. What's wrong with you, Shane? Well, usually a guest brings a gift for the host, but okay. All right. I mean, I'll take these beers as gifts. All right, thank you very much. Let's just kind of cut it for a second. All right. Uh, Don, thank you. We're not cutting, but we're going to keep going. Thank you so much. No, that was great. You're very, very, very good, man. Thank and you. I want to come back to you, and I don't have cards. Or I wanna... I'll leave one with Shane. And he, well, to be fair, Shane texts me all the time. So you can text me I anytime. Do. I'll link you guys I, uh, up in a group chat. i got to get some more oh, cards. Oh, good. Lo- everyone loves you. So many cards. Everyone but... loves having a second group chat to yeah. go into. But yeah. this is, this is, um, this has intrigued me because I, I see all these shows, these cooking shows, and I see all these, uh, Wine shows, wine shows yeah. and stuff, but the beer show. Let's get it gets, real. It gets, let's get a beer show where we get real ripped on it, yeah. and it just watch the natural progression of us losing it and getting. Well, more it's and like more the Mackenzie brothers. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like. Do you, do you remember the Mackenzie brothers? No, I'm, I, Are you kidding me? I was born in '86. Yeah. Do you know the Mackenzie brothers? Yeah, I know who. Bob you and and. Mm. Yes, Bob and Doug sorry. McKenzie. Yes, Bob and Doug sorry, McKenzie. I do know them. CCTV. So, and that's right. kind of, this CCTV. is the Sorry. 30 years later. You know, yeah. It's the same, nothing's changed. The same plaid hey, shirt. If I can be related to Shane, I'll take it. Yeah. Or Amber, really, for that matter. Like, yeah. These jeans, I'll take them. Look at that hairline, man. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I like this dude. I've that been helping this dude along, and I'm, I'm I think I've got my best two student. St. Lawrence's on the side of my head right now. <laughs> All right, well, guys, take care. Hey, thanks for coming in, Doug. like the peninsula. Oh, yeah. So, let's talk favorites. Which do you like the most out of these? Honestly, um... Currently, my most crushed beer is the base. Why do you guys have three samples in front of you? And I don't, I don't, have, and I don't have any. Uh, what, what, what I poured you something. That's the base camp. This is base you, camp? Yeah, you hated it. I didn't hate it. But, right. um, I didn't like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. I uh, my, my favorite beer that we brewed in the last year was the Eldorado. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that you get such a crazy flavor from that one hop mm-hmm. with the background of the lemongrass. Um, the base camp, though has been easily my favorite since we brewed it because honestly it's mellow it's exactly what i want in an everyday beer which is flavor a little bit of hot presence it's got that cool kind of mouth mouth cream ale kind of feel to it because yeah. of the oats and it's just easy to drink it's easy to crush mm-hmm. um but i've been with the brewery for three years and i can't tell you that i haven't drank a lot of red ales mm-hmm. our caboose I think the red ale of the beer world is the most underrated style of beer. Yeah. People look at red ale as like, oh, cool, I have one. Like, we don't need any else. Right. But, like, a red ale can be such a cool style of beer and so much flavor to it. Um, and it complements so many meals, whether it's a light, like, salad, fish, or it's deep steak, or, yeah. like, a chicken, or, like, a roasted chicken, or some pork. Or so, like where would you place Keith's Red, for example, on the list? Like, is that decent? On the or, list? Yeah. Um, is it, that pretty, is, like, bottom of the barrel? I don't enjoy Keith's Red as much. Okay. Um, what about personally. Rickard's? Uh, Rickard's Red, honestly, it's funny. Rickard's Red started out as a craft brewery. It was just kind of why Molson realized craft was coming up because yeah. people started buying Rickard's because they didn't want Molson. They didn't realize that. Um, but they owned it. They yeah. didn't realize that people owned, that they owned it. Um, my issue with those specific beers is that a lot of domestic breweries will substitute the sugar in the water, uh, in the wort, with, uh, with, with corn syrup. Okay. And the reality is, is that when you add syrup to anything, like I said earlier, it's going to be heavier. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that in a beer. Mm-hmm. I want it to be light. So that's why I like, I love red ales. Mm-hmm. So the big domestic brands probably aren't where I'm going to go with that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to, like Half Hitch down in Cochrane makes a wicked red ale with a bit of hop to it. Okay. That's the kind of a beer that I would go to. That's right in your play zone. You that's, like that? that's a sweet beer. That's a beer also too. You can look at a red ale and go, 
I'm not going to be alarmed by this. Yeah. I'm going to drink it. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. But it's not going to be like, I'm going to step outside my box because normally I order Peace Red, right. but it's not here. Mm-hmm. So I'll order this Red Ale. So I'm not going to get too outside my box, mm-hmm. but it's out of my comfort zone. So who makes the best Red Ale? And That's a matter of preference. Yeah. I love our Red Ale. I think our Red Ale stacks up against any of that? the great you didn't ones. Bring the yeah, I did. Just that one. Yeah. Um, I think it stacks up against any of your great dark beers, your red beers, red beers. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a matter of preference. Like, why do you like it? Mm-hmm. Ours is kind of right down the middle, where there's some caramel, some very molasses. sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a lot of hop presence, and the hops that we use are are grassy and dry. Mm-hmm. So rather than anything citrusy, uh, the half hitch that I spoke of is more sit- uh, the, the hops are more present. Yeah. Which is still really, really delicious. Mm-hmm. So it kind of depends what you're doing and what you want, but. <coughs> I think it's kind of up to a user's discretion. Right. I love our beer. I think we make excellent beer in every style we make it in, but I'm also a smidge biased. Yeah, just a little bit. So where is the market for craft beer going? Are we going to see you guys gaining more of the the chunk of the market? Are you going – do you ever see a day that the big breweries get pushed out? Oh, man, that would be tough. I do see it when you go – like look at BC, for example. BC has 120 breweries. Mm-hmm. I see a day where – Predominantly, aside from your big chains, every restaurant that's independently owned, I see a day where there's more craft than there is in uh, domestic, yeah. for sure. Um, do I think domestics are being pushed out? No. No. But the pie, the piece of their pie will get smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean they're going to sell necessarily that much. They're, they're going to sell incrementally less liters. I think people will start drinking more beer. Right. I think beer is, is becoming more approachable to all palates. Mm-hmm which is why people are trying the new things and realizing I'm not a beer drinker. And then they'll try Huck and go, that's actually pretty good. That's not bad. Maybe I want to try beers do you th- fruit beers. Do you think that craft breweries have kind of upped the profile of beer? People, Absolutely. Sophisticated people who in the past would be like, oh, I'm a wine person or totally. I'm a scotch person. Now you can enjoy a very flavor-forward beer that is comparable to a scotch or a tequila. Absolutely, yeah. Like tequila. It's... It's arguably in, if you compare beer and wine, beer is more complicated just based on the fact. More ingredients. The science, so many, there's more yeah. ingredients, yeah. yeah. And there's more styles of it. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like beer, I think, has the ability to be more high profile and more of a connoisseur's type drink. Yeah. But the nice thing about beer is it is kind of toned down on that. So it's more of the everyman's drink. Again, mm-hmm. it's it's the beer for the every dude. Right. It's not for, it's not, like, wine was for the, for the royalty, beer was for the commoner. Right. Beer's always going to be that way. It's always going to be looked that way, which I think is a great thing because then you're not, if I go into a wine section, I'm intimidated by the styles of wine, yeah. the bottles, the prices and all this. When I go to a beer section, especially if it's in one where it's organized by style, I can go in and pick a beer. I know I'm going to like this style, yeah. but these five beers I've never tried, I'm probably going to like them. Mm-hmm. Whereas with wine, I'm not that I'm not that guaranteed. Well, in wine too, you have to buy the whole bottle, right? Totally. And then with beer, you can buy just the individuals. Mm-hmm. You're not committing as much. Absolutely. And like also too, with beer, um, it's less expensive. Yeah. So you can buy three beers for the price you'd buy one wine and have three different flavors. Yeah, that's very true. So what's next for Fernie? Oh, Fernie's, you know what? We have some plans. Um, we've got some really cool ideas coming up for the new year. We have... We have some some friends over at Eldorado Rum, mm-hmm. and uh, it sounds like uh, we're going to get some of their oak barrels from the rum barrels. Ooh. So that would mean we're going to oak age some stuff. Yeah. Uh, what and when and where, 
that's all to be determined. Those oak barrels could sit there for two years. Right. Uh, we did uh, dabble in the oak aging territory last year. Unfortunately, we bought uh, barrels that one of our batches got an infection and also two, not lots of them, just to experiment. So we didn't get a lot of yield out of them. Mm -hmm. But it was a cool thing to experiment. Um, you're going to see some cool beers coming out. Though we have uh, an Australian IPA, which I think we're the only ones that have ever done an Australian dedicated IPA. So yeah. Australian malt, Australian hop. Called OIPA. <laughs> oh wow! Of course, uh, that's, that's coming out. Know. That's coming out in October. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a beer, uh, a dedication to our um, our longest standing brewer, uh, Gord Demaniak. He uh, he passed away unfortunately of cancer last year. Right. Um, the greatest part of that story is that we got to we actually hired his son Jeff, yeah. who is far and away the most accomplished brewer we had applied for the job, but also to just a spitting image of Gord, his brain, his his way of delivering a beer. Um, so we have a Marzen coming out in October, uh, in a dedication, what? a Marzen, a oh. German Marzen. Okay. It's a style of beer. It's a lager, a little bit more malty. Um, but it, Gord was from St. Albert. Yeah. So it's oilless colors, the label. Awesome. It's blue and orange. Uh, so I'm pumped about that and one. When's that coming out? That's going to be October 3rd. It'll hit, it'll hit connect orderable. So yeah. later that week, it'll be in stores. Right. But realistically, if you're looking mid October, you'll find it. Uh, right we have season opener. Yeah. yeah, we have a we have a fresh hop beer coming out. Uh, fresh hop, like the, everyone loves October because pumpkin beers come out or mm -hmm. pumpkin things come out. Yeah, I love October because this is the time when all hops are harvested. Yeah, and there's only literally a small window you can take fresh bundles of hops and throw them into a batch, and it's a completely different flavor. So citrusy and so flavorful. And we use an all Cascade batch from a Kimberly hop farm, about an hour away, and they drive it right to us. Mm -hmm. They pick them and drive them. So our hops are about an hour and a half, two hours old. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. As fresh as you can get them. To be considered a fresh hop and be classified as one has to be less than two days, yeah. less than 48 hours. So ours is in the realm of the earliest fresh hops you can do, minus having your own hop farm. Okay. So you got a hoppy one. you got uh, a multi-logger. Yeah. Yeah. We've got an, we got an IPA. We have uh, we have our maple pour coming out end of the month. Uh, that's a crowd favorite. We've won gold at the... So that's a seasonal one? Yes. That comes out every year? Yeah. Every maple year quarter. in September for about the winter for the winter season. We're doing it for about four months this year. Yeah. Uh, it's won gold at Canadian Brewing Wars uh, a couple times and silver as well. Yeah. We have a coffee milk stout called Java the Hut coming in January next year. Java the Hut's good. Java the Hut, it's a it's a unique beer. Uh, we actually have again we we thrive on local. We thrive on supporting small businesses mm -hmm. in and around us. We use all Alberta malt from for the most part. Yeah. Um, we also use the Crow's Nest Coffee Company to roast us beans. Crow's Nest Coffee Company started with one guy just like Murray. Yeah. In a, in his garage with one tin. He roasts us a malt of his most popular blend and then roasts it a bit longer. We brew the beer, sorry, brew the coffee in the beer so mm -hmm. it actually meshes really well. You had a bit of lactose sugar. It's awesome. We might nitro it this year, which would be a little more unique. Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah. So how would that change the uh, flavor profile? Honestly, we had one customer throw it on a nitro tap, even though it wasn't a nitro beer last year, and it really tasted a coffee. Like yeah. It just blew up. Like It smelled like you were drinking a cold coffee. Like That's unbelievable. Cold brew. It's really cool. I'd be right into that. Yeah, it's awesome. I was really pumped about that. Um, Winter Ale's coming out again. Snowblind's coming out again. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to announce that we're doing some some stuff, but we have some some ideas for some. Really Come on, cool give beers. us give us first yeah, first. Uh, Sammy, there's been first some exposure talk, here. There's been some talk of doing some type of imperial beer for next yeah. year. So an imperial beer is like twelve percent and higher. Mm -hmm. Um, that's great. I whether or not that. that's oak aged, whether or not that's rum rum barrel aged, we'll don't know. But uh, we'll do something fun with okay. those barrels. Okay. Um, yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, though, like we can do anything. We're a small brewery. We can do whatever we want, yeah. whenever we want to do it. It's your world. We're just living in it, right? <laughs>
Guys, this has been a lot of fun. This is so much fun. I learned so much, Sam. That's awesome. Amber, Thank you so much awesome. for having me. Amber, what was your favorite? Um, Taking account all these beers being cold, mm-hmm. I think it'd be the big... The red ale. The red ale. The caboose. Yeah. Amber likes his beer like he likes his women. Big caboose. Dark. Sam. No, with the big caboose. Oh, big caboose. Not red and dark. What a weird... Oh, like, that's not my taste, Sam, but... Red and... Red and dark. You're not allowed to say that anymore. That's yeah. a microaggression. <laughs> Sam, wow. really appreciate it. Thank you so Thank much for you having me. for bringing all this. Um, that was awesome. Glad you met Don. He's a fun guy. As a, you know what? As a thank you to you for just creating a podcast that I can listen to outside of Edmonton. Yeah. And I can, I can tell you right now, I, I miss home every day. Yeah. And having a podcast in the idea that I kind of had that I thought would be so sweet interviewing people around Edmonton that do great things mm-hmm. I think uh, I think you're I think you're killing the game thank you I appreciate that well you know we do have a lot of great people in this town and it's time that uh, there's the exposure was kind of put out there and I've got some great guests lined up uh, so I appreciate you guys coming in and, and being a part of this thing from the uh, Genesis it's uh, we're just I'll get, come back anytime we're just getting started yeah I'll, I'll invite you almost anytime excellent okay guys perfect Hammer. Thank you, Shane. You're not even going to put a stir-up sports plug in there? Dude, well, I mean, people know what it is. <laughs> Basically, yeah, you're a sports-centric talk show. But, yeah, no, I mean, Shane, you're, you're, you're honestly doing great things. So. All right, man. Yeah. We'll do a crossover one of these days. Of these I'll, I'll days. get back on the show with you and Isaiah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. Thanks for coming in. Cheers. Get home safe. Thanks, guys. Guys, thank you so much for listening. It really means the world to me that you did. Wasn't able to get to some of the write-in questions for Sam, so he was kind enough to, after the fact, answer some questions about beer. Number one, can you drink unfiltered or cloudy wheat lagers or lambic ales for the probiotics instead of eating yogurt? Sam's answer was obviously yes, but you get the added benefit of alcohol to kill all sickness. I mean, have you ever seen a sick brewer? Fair point, Sam. Number two, is the beer gut worth it? Well, Sam says in historical context, the larger the gut, the wiser the man. So yes, and you can trust me because I am clearly wise. (laughs) Number three, and I'm not sure this is relevant, but we want to give the people what they ask for. Do you think Ross and Rachel were on a break? Sam says, obviously. Rach called it on hiatus, and Ross being the attractive emotional guy, she had to know he was a catch. I mean, he knew Inagi was a doctor. Come on, she knew what she was giving up. She took the chance, and another lady saddled that stallion. Very valid points, Sam. Thank you so much for your input. Guys, have a great week. We'll catch you next Wednesday, City Champions Podcast. Take care.